Good afternoon, beautiful trigger proof community. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. It is fantastic to be back on here. It has been a long time. It feels like it's been a long time since I've done a transmission. This is an amazing um, tool, I gotta say. Facebook can be. It can be the death of you emotionally, <laughs> but it also can be the thing that wakes you up. Um, one of the commitments that I have is that everything that I, all of the content that I share is designed to actually awaken you rather than keep you asleep uh, to, you know, your life as it's passing you by. So I'd like to welcome you. We have had a ton of new people just jump in. It was like two or three months ago uh, where I was in an interview with... Uh, uh, Dr. Davidson, and uh, he's putting on this thing called the Lyme, Di Lyme Disease Summit, the Lyme Summit, and I guess it was uh, released just yesterday or two days ago. I'm not quite sure exactly when, but now all of a sudden my inbox has been flooded with people uh, who were part of that summit um, saying that they resonated with what I had to say and many have reached out to me personally and wanting some, some support. Um, welcome. This is the best place to begin um, the journey of self-healing. Uh, this is really what it's all about, especially if you've been dealing with a chronic illness. And so if you've been in this kind of drama triangle of doctors and diagnoses and looking for outside uh, answers for this thing that, that you're dealing with, um, this is a bit of a different, this is a bit of a change in the step of that drama triangle dance. What we talk about here is really about self-healing. Now, self-healing means you're the one responsible. It doesn't necessarily mean that you do it alone. That's not what I'm saying. Um, if you've been following accounts like the holistic psychologist and other, um, you know, people in the psychology field, things are now starting to change. Is there the, the coolest thing is that this is something that I've been saying years ago. If you've just met me for the first time and you're coming in now, uh, we're going to be talking about um, emotional uh, addictions today, like signs that you're acting from a wound so that you can actually see yourself because healing happens through relationship over time. Let me say that again. Healing happens through relationship over time. Relationship why is because there's a in there is a interpersonal neuro neuro neurophysiology that's happening between you and another person, between you and your partner, between you and your child, between you and yourself. There is an interpersonal neurophysics, neuroscience, neurochemistry that's happening. Just by you listening to the tone of my voice, by you maybe having a laugh with what I'm sharing with you, you are impacted by what's going on in my nervous system. And so when I discovered this as a chiropractor, I realized that patients were coming in to see me primarily for stress-related problems. And it was manifesting in their physical bodies and it usually, when I got to know them, had to do with some sort of a breakdown in relationships some sort of a conflict. In other words, your body is responding to conflict and you know that that's true. Just think of the last time you had a really difficult conversation that ended up in conflict. What was going on in your body afterwards? Did you feel energized? Well, I'm sure you did at first if there was some sort of a fight or flight, but then what happens is afterwards you just feel exhausted. There's a chronic type of fatigue that sets in with prolonged conflict and that conflict often is either external or internal so when i discovered this i was like holy shit, i gotta get out of my office full time and start to teach this so i started doing these little workshops called life skills for a stressful world where i would teach my patients how to uh, become more resilient how to take ownership of their nervous systems rather than having everybody else outside of them have ownership of their nervous systems through approval, through criticism, seeking, seeking um, constant, uh, uh, what's the word, approval and avoiding criticism. You're literally living fearful of the outside world. The outside world becomes governing of what's going on inside. So 
I decided to kind of go upstream with my patients and then teach them really the most important thing to healing, which is taking ownership of your, your own nervous system, taking ownership and becoming a sovereign individual, becoming the captain of your soul, essentially. And it was kind of bewildering to people, especially our clients when they first come in, when they realize uh, when we start working with them and, and we walk that path of healing with them and we guide them like our team, they realize to the degree that they were not in control of their themselves, their lives, that how much that they've abandoned themselves and why that occurs. And I'm going to, I put together this little series. I don't know you've, if you've seen it. Let me know if you've seen it. Also, let me know right in the comment section where you're listening from. I'd love to know. And if something resonates with you and you're on replay, put hashtag replay and write down for me what resonated most for you in this conversation. Gives me feedback because usually I'm in a room of people and I'm able to talk in a room of people and then just by the you know body language facial expressions you know signs like that i get feedback that something's landing but i'm just talking into a camera right now i can't see or feel you at all the only thing that i get is your comments and your um feedback so i really would appreciate that that way i can give you more and go deeper with you in these trainings because i'm committed to really helping helping you take control, grab the drivers, grab the steering wheel of your health, your uh, emotions, your uh, relationships, not be in control of your relationships, but be, be more uh, in control of yourself within relationships. Because the way that it all ties together and how it impacts your health is pretty damn like mind blowing. Once you realize this, once you get this right, you realize that I, you, are the biggest factor in your health and well-being, and not just you, but how you interact in the interpersonal neurophysiology in relationship. So, wow, imagine that. Relationships can either be this thing that completely devastates you and tears you apart, which is what happens usually when people reach out to me, is after on the, on the heels of a breakdown in their relationship, or a relationship, what I've discovered, when you do this right and you get this and you take this responsibility and kind of break free from this drama victim triangle in your life that happens. Most, 99% um, of people, 98, 99% of people approach, who approach me are stuck in the drama triangle, the victim kind of drama triangle that they just can't seem to break out of. And once you do, you then realize that you can actually be the one who can create a healthy relationship. Imagine this, relationships being a place to heal, relationships feeling nourishing. That's what's possible. That's the holy grail. And I want to start off by this, this uh, transmission by really sharing with you that that's the holy grail of this work. That's the end result that's the reward that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is this let me tell you what it is it, it, the the whole everything that that i'm teaching is all to get this one thing and here's what it is secure attachments in your relationships and once i had that it was like okay now you can also have a secure attachment at work like usually relationships aren't secure attachments they're usually very insecure there's neediness there's codependency there's narcissist codependent cycle we don't even know that that's how we're showing up in these relationships in these unconscious relationships of the victim drama perpetrator hero drama triangle and they become depleting your relationships become depleting and when they deplete like that your body starts to fall apart you have chronic pain, chronic fatigue, uh, digestive system starts to fall apart. One of the things that we start to hear is anxious little ticks that start to happen. People who pull their hair or they do self-harming methods, pulling their hair. I was just talking to one of the clients that we've been working with for the last three weeks. She says, it's been three weeks and I haven't been pulling out my hair. It's just kind of like this self-harming thing. Another one that's just been skin picking and all of these different things that have a, a diagnosis and a separate thing. I see now as a uh, nervous system under distress, 
uh, as a unconscious response to our anxieties that we've been basically carrying in our bodies since childhood. So I did this little, uh, in the, over the last two, three weeks, I've been doing a seven-part series called Signs That You're Unconsciously Acting From a Wound so that you can kind of wake up and go, wow. And it usually has to do with how you show up in relationships because that's really when we find out when our wounds are is that you think you're all good and everything's fine until you get into a relationship and then all of a sudden you start to see these patterns starting to come up and you're like, screw that person, I'm gonna leave that person. And then you find another person and you're like, wait a second, I'm having the same dance with this person that I did in the last one. Hmm. So I started noticing that within myself and it wasn't until I went through my last devastating breakdown in my relationship a couple of years ago, hit that rock bottom place where I took a pause on everything and realized that I had been using my success, using me as a chiropractor, as a coach, uh, using um, my clients to feel relevant so that I can run away from those really painful beliefs in my nervous system that I wasn't worthy of love that came long before that didn't even start with me it started in my parents and their parents and had to unpack all of that and realize that I was walking wounded unconsciously and we all are walking wounded but when you're conscious of it you now have a choice let me say that again when you're conscious of it you now have a choice and an opportunity to change the story because as Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. You'll say, ah, oh, this is my fate. I always date and attract these narcissistic partners. It's just, you know, every single person, oh, there's one of them, I believe, uh, who was it, uh, Vanessa, who was uh, in this conversation. She, she said, every single one of my partners has ended up cheating on me, right? And it's like, hmm until you why do i attract all these people i just have bad luck right and by the way please understand i'm not blaming the victim here this is not about victim blaming this is not about blaming anyone this is about going from unconscious to conscious and realizing that we are living out familiar unconscious patterns and these relationships that you keep attracting that the person's cheating on you consistently might be, now I don't know your story, might be an unresolved wound of yours from a childhood wound when you experience your mother being cheated on by her father or the other vice versa. We hear this a lot with our clients. A, a father uh, gets cheated on by mom and then that buried resentment within you is a wound. Even though it was between mom and dad because of your egocentric state as a child, you make it about you it lies deep in your core, in your unconscious mind, which is pretty much your body. And so what happens is unconsciously, you're gonna get pulled towards the familiar, which is a perfect segue into this conversation about emotional addiction. Emotional addiction is, the, uh, is like any other addiction. I want you to think of it as like cocaine addiction. It's the same thing. Essentially what happens is, we, when we are raised with parents that don't know how to emotionally regulate themselves and when we have emotions come up and they're big feelings that come up, wounds that come up and we're told be quiet, we're not soothed properly, we then don't trust our, we don't trust love essentially. We live in a world where we don't, we just don't trust love and we don't trust ourselves and growing up we have to choose between attachment to our parents or authenticity, authentic expression of our emotions, authentic expression of who we are. And if we are raised and we are not actually um, uh, encouraged to express ourselves emotionally or when it's happening, we are told to be quiet, we are invalidated for our reality, we then have these wounds. And what happens is we start to act them out and we start to unconsciously behave in ways because those wounds are so familiar let me give you an example feeling shame okay like if you all of a sudden were caught masturbating at a young age and were shamed for it 
you are going to unconsciously, this is what we've here is one example of a client, will put himself into shameful sexual situations. In fact, he will tie in the emotion of shame with sexuality. So he'll put himself and create scenarios where he, with sex, has tied in very powerfully chemically. It's a chemical addiction. These neurotransmitters are released of shame and tied in to sex. So now sex and shame and getting caught and, ex and excitement all get pretty wound up quite nicely. You see where this is going. They, this person with these wounds that are unresolved in the body, by the way, you can't actually just talk your way out of these. You can do psychotherapy. Psychotherapy is great for just talking about your problems and dumping your emotions to somebody and then going, see you next week, where we're going to do the same fucking thing again and again, week after week. <laughs> I just had a call with a, a um, somebody who was really stuck in this shame loop. And then I said, so why don't you, why are you coming to me? Why don't you just go to your psychotherapist? And he said, I've been doing psychotherapy for the last two years and I'm still stuck in this mess. We just talk about our problems. And, and, and in his case, it was a um, psychotherapist that I see that, that this thing happens quite a bit where the psychotherapist is just there to validate your story which feels good, feels so good to get validated. Oh, he was an asshole, your ex was this. And his, his psychotherapist was labeling this person's ex. She's a sociopath, she's this, she's that. So he's like, okay, great, I'm validated. But now here you are two years later with the same conversation. That's not healing. That's helping the psychotherapist build his practice, but it's not actually healing. And so what happens is that shame, until he sees, until you see that that shame with the sexuality and the fear and and the excitement all get wild, you know, rounded up in, into one big confusing ball, this person will get married. And then after a few months when they've checked out and dissociated and the sex doesn't really make them feel alive because they've checked out and dissociated, well, guess what's the only thing that's going to make this person feel alive? Shame and excitement and fear. <laughs> so he's going to act out in these ways outside of his marriage that is going to bring up all of these emotions. And let me go over the cycle of emotional addiction so that you can hopefully see where you stand in this and maybe take some action towards waking up getting out of this little loop, out of that drama triangle, and then becoming the hero of your own journey. That's really what it's about. So here's what happens. The first thing that happens in this cycle of your emotional addiction is that um, what happens is you engage in a behavior like this guy with the sexuality and the shame, like the affair, okay? Boom, all of a sudden, he's got this shame with fear and excitement all coming in. Why? Because it resembles that familiar, very powerful thing that happened when he was eight years old, when he was caught masturbating by his mother or 13 years old, whatever it is. It is that moment where he's caught and then there's a overreaction from a parent that causes him in his young unconscious self to then interpret these big feelings as I'm shameful, I'm bad. I'm not good. I'm not good enough. Let me know if you, if this is resonating with you. That feeling that's mixed in, it's kind of tied into sexuality. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to start behaving in ways that's going to give him a hit of all of those neurotransmitters. Do you know what I'm talking about? So he'll find himself acting out sexually, having affairs, having all of these things that just give him like the, the ho-hum do-drum of life that he doesn't feel anything anymore because he's detached from his body, detached from his emotions, which by the way, that's what chronic pain and chronic illness is trying to get you to wake up to is oftentimes the clients that we see with that are completely detached from their emotions, detached from their bodies. So chronic pain and chronic illness is your body's way of waking you up to heal that wounded inner child. That's really what it is. It's a wake-up call. Most of the time when you're going out in these um, doctors to try to solve it, you're missing out on, on the real healing. And your ego will resist. 
you will not want to go there. I'm just warning you. You will have every excuse in the book not to go there to rescue that inner child that you abandoned a long time ago. Huge resistance to this. It's easier to just go to a psychotherapist and talk about your problems rather than becoming the hero to that inner child. Believe me, I've seen it many times. We could sense it with people. As soon as they realize that they're responsible, they go, nope, this isn't for me. Uh, I'm going to go back to my therapist. I'm just going to keep going to the doctors and just going in the loop. And it's only for the brave. It's the 10%. It's the 10%, not the 90% who are, are, are wanting to run uh, and, and kind of uh, avoid the real work. It's the 10% that actually get the results. And so what happens is you get that hit. Okay, so you have this hit of emotional like excitement, all of these neurotransmitters. Now, let me give you some more examples of behavior that you will notice yourself doing that will, that give you signs that you're running a loop of emotional addiction, okay? If you find, what, what happens is this, there's an emotional addiction to the, um, to the feeling of the drama, the chaos, the fear, the drama. The drama, we're addicted to the drama. We get addicted to the drama. So what do we do? We consume content that is going to really stir that shit up. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. Especially now, in this time, in COVID times, and with the conspiracy theory stuff, I truly believe those that are the people who are like all gung-ho about it, they have an emotional addiction to the drama. You know, I, I, most of the conspiracy theory, like the deep, heavy stuff, like, I mean, there's a, there's a midline, there's a happy midline. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of it. I'm not like all conspiracy theory and I'm not all, yeah, the government is here to protect us. Uh, I, I, I really have worked really hard to stay grounded in the center. And that's very uncommon these days. But if you're consuming content consistently, oh, I'll tell you, uh, my dad, my dad and brother, here it is, my brother freaking loves to follow politics. If you love to follow the politics, things that you don't really have control over, things that you have no control over, and you are like obsessively consuming content that angers you, you might have an emotional addiction an emotional addiction to the chaos. You get this neurotransmitter that is very, very familiar, the hit of these chemicals, that's very familiar to, to those that you experienced in your past, okay? And then uh, you start consuming con content that triggers you. You will, here's another, here's another sign. You're emotionally venting and emotionally dumping. This is a big sign of an emotional addiction. 80% of people that reach out personally to me message me like a 20, 30 page, <laughs> basically emotionally dumping. This is this was a big thing. When I first started listening to people's story, I would get pulled in and I would feel myself get depleted and exhausted and then talk to people and then I'm like, oh, do you want help with that? And they're like, no, actually, I can't afford anything. There's no, there, I, no, I just wanted to emotionally dump on you. And I was like, oh, damn. I started noticing this pattern, and I realized that people are addicted to their stories. People are addicted to venting. And venting is one of the big signs of an emotional addiction. If you find yourself going off and venting to people all around you about your story, your poor me story, this is a sign of an emotional addiction, okay? And I'm not blaming you. This isn't your fault because this is an unconscious behavior. This is a sign you're unconsciously you're acting from a wound. This is not laying blame. This is laying responsibility, but not blame. Because there's really no one to blame, even not even your parents, because of all of the intergenerational stuff that they had gone through. So emotionally dumping and venting is a form of this hit. And all of a sudden, people around you, they get, oh... Poor you. Oh, poor me. And anybody who is, if you just watch, you know, I just, you can start to, once you've done this work, you start to see through people, through their um, Facebook uh, profiles. Uh, you can actually sense that somebody is addicted to the drama. They're constantly posting about 
injustices and all of this stuff. There's this drama that's happening that didn't start with that thing. It's not really about that thing. It's about a wound that's not yet healed, that you're acting it out, consuming content that will trigger you, venting and dumping on people, telling them your stories, arguing people who just get into keyboard warriors that start to argue, big, huge emotional addiction. They just love the drama. You just, it's this hit that you get. You get high off of the, the um, shame and the resentment and the drama and the chaos and the fear. You become really like, it just, it makes you feel alive. It makes you just feel alive when you have been so traumatized, you've been dissociated, and you can't feel anything. The only time you feel it is when you're just engaged in this fucking drama cycle. And that's a really great sign that to wake up if that's you. If that's happening to you, this is great. This is great. It's time to wake up. I had a guy who reached out for help and wanted to get on a call with me. And basically we spoke for about an hour. Turns out he didn't have any, um, he didn't have any uh, intention of really doing anything about it, moving forward. He wanted to emotionally dump. That was about six months to a year ago. He reaches out recently and um, says, I'm ready now. I think I can do it. Talk to my team. Next thing you know, she basically just said, just want to make sure, are you aware that, you know, Dr. Neem is not going to get on a call with you unless you have, you know, you have intention of solving this problem. And he said, yep, yeah, I've got it covered. It's all good. Next day, for some reason, he was triggered about that because he felt entitled. Uh, this is another, a big sign is an entitlement is a sign that you're unconsciously acting from a wound that's your wounded inner child or your ad adapted adolescent that feels entitled. Whenever I feel entitled, I'm acting from a wound. Uh, he all of a sudden just ripped into my, my, to Kim, just started becoming insulting, calling her names, just completely just being an asshole to her. And it really was over the top. Because I really love my team and the people I work with, I decided to give this, this young man a call and I got him on FaceTime and I basically told him that he, how his behavior is completely unacceptable and that he's going to write a letter of apology to Kim to soothe it up. And I was pretty harsh with the guy because I kind of connected with him the first time we chatted. He's been following, messaging me consistently. Can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? Can I just tell you my problems? Can I tell you? And I'm like, no, not if you're just emotionally dumping and venting, unless you actually have a desire to do something about it. I'm not interested in hearing your story because everybody, because I understand you telling your story is a sign of your emotional addiction. If you want to tell a story without the desire to actually move to heal it, that's a, you know, how do you feel when people come to you and they tell you their problems and they have zero desire to solve it? You're sitting here going, Thanks for using me as a dump. Imagine working in the field <laughs> where you help people with these problems, but yet 90% are just wanting to, they're just stuck in an emotional dynamic, emotional cycle. So this has been a big uh, thing with our team, how to protect ourselves from the energy black holes, the energy vampires that just want to dump. And so we worked really hard to tighten up our boundaries around that. This has been one of the greatest learning lessons in business for me. So we, I put out a ton of free content, but you know, we, we, we start to put these boundaries on. Here's an interesting thing that happened when I was talking to him and, and telling him how pissed off I was <laughs> and how it upset me and how his behavior was not warranted. He was actually smiling at me. In other words, his body language was like this, like shame. And then he was like this. And then I realized, holy shit, this guy's dealing with some major emotional addiction to shame. <laughs> so he starts. So what happens is when you're emotionally addicted to shame, you start behaving in ways. I don't know his story like all the way, but you start behaving in ways which elicit this response. Does that make sense? Okay. Paying attention to someone who is venting, then you're upset. Yeah, because you got pulled in and you didn't protect your boundaries. This happens consistently with me.
This is a this is one of my greatest challenges when I'm you know got to protect my energy and talking to people is only talking to people who are actually wanting to receive the help rather than just being you know emotionally dumping. Unless you're a friend and I'm just holding space, there that's different. But we have a friendship going. There's a a fair exchange. Uh, we live in a world though uh, where you know especially if people are following me on Instagram or you've been following my videos, we start to develop a relationship. You start to develop a relationship with me. You tend to say, hey, you know, I've been following you for a while and, and it feels like we're friends, but actually we're not. This is just my job and I'm teaching. And so those lines get, get blurred. And so what ends up happening is um, when I come on and I set a boundary, the person all of a sudden feels complete and this happens so much it's like oh my gosh because we're dancing with people's triggers right and when i set a boundary and say no i don't really can i people will message me can i please tell you my story and i'll be like mm, that depends i just this just happened yesterday can i tell you my story i'm like hold on do you plan on doing something or do you just want to dump and vent you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. So we have to be very careful in that, Maureen. You got to really uh, hold your boundaries and be prepared that when you do set a boundary, it's going to piss the other person off because they will often feel abandoned or whatever and that's just like you just got to be understanding of that you can't avoid an upset if you're asking how to avoid an upset you can't <laughs> it's just how it's going to be the question is are you are you do you love yourself enough to protect yourself from that that's the most important thing and so what happens is his shame i'm talking about this gentleman his shame was obviously an emotional addiction as soon as i saw him going like this and then smiling at me when I was telling him his behavior was not appreciated with my team. I was like, wow, this is going to be really great to talk about emotional addictions. Uh, that's a sign of trauma. Why would you do that? Well, you get that hit. That's step one. You get that hit of emotion. Um, you know, social media stalking, arguing. If you find yourself stalking somebody on social media, that's another sign of emotional addiction. The longing, the resentment, it becomes this thing that makes you feel alive, you know, kind of like cutting yourself. This is the same thing. It becomes an addiction. So then this activation is triggered, this shame, this chaos, this drama, and you feel alive. For the first time you feel so alive when it's happening even though it's painful but here's the downside of it yes it feels alive but what ends up happening is soon as that hit is over you then go back to there's a come down from that kind of like you did cocaine the night before you're coming down i've never done that before but i've watched people and it's like shame regret apathy and then because those feelings are so shitty guess what you're gonna do then dissociation which then leads you to what this dissociation take a wild guess where this then leads you you now feel shame apathy regret I'm a piece of shit I'm nothing boom that's so uncomfortable to feel so you dissociate guess what you're gonna do take a wild guess Write it in the comment section.
Take a wild guess what you're going to do in response to this dissociation. Correct. You're going to behave in the exact way that gets these neurotransmitters fired up again. So you're going to act again in we're going to have the affair. You're going to eat the whatever. You're going to eat the pizza or the whatever. You're going to start arguing on social media, start putting stuff up for attention. You will then re-engage in this behavior. Okay? Something triggering to feel. Absolutely, Maureen, 100%. So the question is, what do we do about it? That's the real question, what we do about it. Well, the first step, basically, is awareness. I want you to understand that this whole work of becoming trigger-proof, which is really a toolkit that I teach. If you, by the way, if you have the training, uh, if you don't have the training, write down, I want the training. It's a 90-minute training that I take you through specifically the steps of becoming trigger-proof. It's 90 minutes. You can watch it right away. Just let me know. Just write down, I want the training. Um, can they find a way to get past the fear? Aren't the 90% just scared? Candace, 100% true. Yes. Aren't they just scared? Yes, it's all fear. What is the fear? Fear of the, the ego trying to protect those wounds. In order to heal, you must cross that bridge of fear, but it's terrifying. And that those fears will come up in different ways. I can't afford it. Uh, this is one of, one of, the, one of the greatest examples. So I was speaking to a guy who his marriage is falling apart. He's now in love with someone else. They're having an affair. He's now moved back in with his wife. They move cities. He's still in love with this other woman and he moves in with his wife, devastates this other woman. She then says, okay, I'm just going to move on and now starts dating other people and sleeping with other people. And now this guy feels completely betrayed. <laughs> he feels betrayed by her sleeping with the other woman. I got on a call with him and he's absolutely in a, a like intelligent. He's a doctor. He's very intelligent. Logically, he knows he's like, look, this is this is um, like it's none of my business and she has every right to, but I still can't release this feeling of betrayal. And now I'm ready to move on from my wife. Finally, after moving back in, I now know I'm ready to leave and I want to be with this person, but I can't get rid of this freaking feeling of betrayal, which we find out happens to be a, a transference from when he was 16 and he was betrayed by a girlfriend and how his father cheated on his mother. So there was all this betrayal emotion and guess what he's emotionally addicted to that betrayal and so now he's running this entire cycle of i love you and oh i'm just betrayed how could you do that oh i love you and, oh so he's going back and forth and he's talking to me he's like dude he's like nima like what the fuck's the matter with me i know here that i'm being irrational this there's no rationality but it's and i told him i said because it's here okay uh because it's here it's right here i think disguise i think you got the 90 minute training i think i sent it oh no you haven't gotten it yet yeah i sent you another training of my trigger proof shows i'll send you the training if you want the training write it down i'll send you a dm of it with a promo code normally there's a charge i'll give it to you for free uh, as part of the education here i want to teach um so he basically told me he said what's what do i do and i basically said all right so we're going to go in and heal those childhood wounds. We're going to heal the wound of that 16-year-old who was betrayed. We've got to heal the wound of that um, young boy who felt the anger towards his father for cheating on his mother. And all of that betrayal energy has been stored in your body that you're kind of pulling into the familiar. This is what's going on. we got to deal with that. And he's like, I'm ready. I'm doing it. This is, this is it. I'm ready. So we, we sign up. And Candace, to answer your question, guess what happened 10 minutes later? Take a while, guess what happened 10 minutes later? He then messages me and says, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my wife. I can't afford it. I'm, uh, uh, this is like, I just barely have enough to, to get by and to, to, to get my kids out and da, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, and I check on his Facebook 
and he's literally bragging about the millions of dollars that he has and how important family and love is. And I'm just like, fuck, that ego is such a liar. So to answer your question, he's scared. He's not, it's not the money that's the problem. It's not, oh, the commitment, I just can't commit. 100% of people say, I'll get to it next time. These are the signs that the ego, the scare, how do you know that you're, how do you know that the ego's in charge? I can't afford it. Uh, not right now, now is not the time. Like you will have these stories come up that will convince you that not to go there, to actually deal with the root cause. So we just kind of like pussyfoot our way. Oh, I can do this myself. I'll listen to some podcasts. Oh, let me watch your YouTube. Can I just watch your YouTube videos and get it? This is all your fear talking. Because in order to actually heal, you got to have somebody who's walked that path, who's cried those tears, who's done their own work, who can see you and be able to hold you accountable when your ego steps up and checks out and says, I don't want to do this and starts acting out. It's got to be skilled and being able to kind of find the little nuances of all of the bullshit that you usually say that keeps you stuck in that state. You got to have somebody to guide you that is able to call you out. And this is the thing is a lot of times when you go to the counselor, psychotherapist, they're just your cheering section. They're your fans, which is great. But healing oftentimes requires we need an ass kicking. I'm so grateful for my coaches and mentors who I gosh, I didn't do this alone. Frick, I did not do this alone. I had people calling me forward, not calling me out in a shameful way, but holding me accountable because healing, I'm going to go back to it, happens through relationship over time. Let me say it again. Healing will happen through relationship over time. So that's essentially uh, what it's all about. Beautiful. Um, he bailed. Absolutely, he bailed. And so uh, that's what happens. About 90, 90%, Candace, 90% are too afraid and they'll use all sorts of excuses. They'll want help. Please help is what happens. Please help on my thing. Can I get on a call with you? And then it's like, mm, they just wanted to be stuck in that cycle. So the answer is you now see yourself. Do you see yourself any of these? Okay. Uh, Dale. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I was like, disguise. What's up? <laughs> it's a good good name for a disguise, Dale. <laughs> awesome. Cool, cool. So, um, yes, uh, Rosalinda, nice to talk to you again. Um, so, what do we do? Number one is the awareness that this is happening. Number two, you got to write this down. Please write this down. I'm willing to go on the journey of transforming this because it's going to take time and it's going to take a commitment. And in that training, I show you exactly the steps that you need to go through in order to get it. Um, the trainings that we have is all designed to help you break those cycles and to become self-healers. So it's self-guided. It, it, no, it's self-healing, but it's guided. So you guided to self-healing. And so number one, conscious awareness. Number two, breathing. Okay. So breath work and nervous system regulation. How do you break the cycle? First of all, you got to be aware, oh shit, I'm, I'm going through this freaking emotional addiction cycle again. This is an unconscious action from a wound. This is not real. It's just me spinning my wheels of an old familiar pattern. That in and of itself is going to be very difficult and it's going to take practice. And it's going to take guidance for somebody to hold a mirror and go, look, see how you're checking out Emily? and how, you, how you're doing great, and then all of a sudden you don't show up to your call, or you're late, or all of this stuff, that's your wounded child. Can you see it? Oh, I didn't see it. Ah. So to have somebody hold your feet to the fire, hold a mirror up, and say, there it is, there's your pattern, somebody that you trust, okay, that can hold it up, the awareness, that's the, that's the first part. Second is become great at breathing. This is why I started Breathwork, and that's why every month we do a Breathwork in this community. August 16th is our next one coming up, where I do Breathwork and Inner Child Meditation, and it's your beginning of this process in our community. All of my clients, they come to this, but I also open it up to the public, and it's, um, it is, it, it, you know, we open it up to the public, but, and, and it's a lot, um, you know, it's, 
very inexpensive. So we remove all financial barriers for you to actually dip your toe in before going all in. So it's a, it's a breath work. I call it breath work and badassery. And so <sighs> learning how to breathe and become connected to your breath. Frick, I realized that I wasn't breathing properly. And so because I was in my head, so you got to start to change your relate in order to heal this, you got to start to change your relationship with your body. And the best place to begin to change your relationship with your body is through your breath. <sighs> Taking four deep breaths into your belly button, up into the heart, <sighs> surrendering the exhale. Just by you doing that, you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system. You're increasing your capacity. You're creating a pause expanding the space between stimulus and response. And so in the training that I mentioned, uh, I, I talk about the five components that you need, nervous system regulation, clearing your past grievances, learning how to dance with your dark passenger, those voices in your mind, uh, empathic communication with your younger self and others, learning how to restore kind of broken down relationships, learning how to do conflict well. Because if you don't learn mastery of conflict, learning how to lean into conflict, you'll try to avoid it, you'll put on a mask, and you will show up inauthentic, inauthentically. You won't be able to set boundaries. Make sure you scroll up or scroll down and see all of the other episodes that I did on um, signs you're unconsciously acting from a wound, okay? And number two thing that you must do to help break these patterns, Realize these patterns come from childhood. You're holding on to the stresses and the grievances and the re resentments. Resentments, regrets, shame, guilt. Okay, write them all down. What are your resentments? What are your regrets? What are your guilts? What are you ashamed about? And you must learn how to clear those out of the body because that's really what's causing all of these cycles. And it's a process, but you gotta clear all of those past grievances. In other words, you, you gotta change your story about your life, not just here, but here. Two years ago after my last relationship ended and I was like single, 43 years old, I put my home up on Airbnb and I moved back in with my parents so that I can actually heal those attachment wounds. Because I knew that those that were in my body unresolved were what was causing this same fucked up pattern in my relationships, having the same dance again and again, this codependent cycle. And uh, it had to, things had to hit a wall before I woke up and I paused and I took six months to not work or help anyone else, but just go inside. And now this has been the fundamentals. What I learned there is the fundamentals of what I'm teaching you now. And that's that are in our, all of our programs, our 90 day, our six months, is taking you through those steps in breaking those cycles of those emotional codependencies from those younger parts of us that are still stuck in our bodies that didn't start with us, that didn't even start with your parents. It didn't even start with their parents. We're talking about intergenerational traumas that cause us to not feel safe in our bodies so we check out and dissociate and then create these emotional addictions just to feel alive because we don't have another somatic experience of being alive other than the fucking drama does this make sense to you can you relate to this and here's the question what's been the impact of that in your relationships what's been the impact of that in your self-esteem what's been the impact of that in uh, just connecting to purpose and living for something outside of getting approval of other people. I was living for approval only. I was living to look good. I was living transactionally with patients, with not patients, with clients, with, with, with women, you know, and it was just a big, oh, it was such a wake up call for me. It was very painful at first. I was dealing with an intimacy disorder. Essentially, we are human beings suffering from intimacy disorders that we act out and create drama for just to feel alive because we're so disconnected from ourselves. And if you don't solve it, your body will fucking break down to wake you up. 
This is what chronic pain and chronic illness come in. I don't care what the diagnosis is. The solution is the same as to go inside and rescue your inner child and authentically have them create safety, create safety for them, the safety that they never received. Awareness, number one. Number two, breathing and breath work. I'm gonna leave a link uh, beautiful. I'm going to leave a link at the bottom here for you to jump into our breathwork and badassery. I'll make, after I'm done, I'm going to leave a link. Make sure you grab one of the spots and join us August 16th. And then August 30th, we have the overview experience when you go even deeper into healing that relationship. So breathwork, you're just kind of like breathing and then I guide you through an inner child meditation. But then you really want to learn the skills to become trigger proof. You want to grab that and put it into your toolkit so that when you have conflict, you're able to self-resource rather than spin and then play victim in this drama triangle. Perpetrator, victim, hero, and just get all mixed up, all of that. So number three is walking. When you have this cycle come up, you want to become aware and go, oh my gosh, I'm totally going through this spinning in this addiction. All right, I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna take a breath. As you walk, you're creating some space for your emotions. You're now aware. It's not, you're not gonna always be feeling amazing. You're not gonna always feel like phenomenal and fabulous and that's okay. But if you walk and just create some space, you allow those neurotransmitters to move, especially if you breathe and you move that allows those chemicals to actually move through your body so they're not fucking running your life, right? And yeah, and pausing and pausing from these and creating space from these emotional states. So let me say that again. Number one, uh, breath work and nervous system regulation tools, creating more safety spaces, this, this what we call ventral spaces in the nervous system rather than being in the sympathetic fight or flight or dorsal which is freeze you're able to kind of self-assess you're aware you're like oh i'm in like i train my clients oh i'm in sympathetic right now the thoughts i'm having are totally in sympathetic it's not the real me i can separate myself from them they don't drive the bus that's the awareness part create the pause and walk and take breaths and become aware that you're in that cycle creating that space doing breath work. Number three is clearing your past grievances. Now you've become aware that this is not coming from right now. It's not a thing right now. This is a childhood part of you that is recreating a familiar pattern. Your job is now to make it your responsibility to go and heal those attachment wounds with mom, with dad, with ex. And I give mad props and respect to those clients who are the 10% who reach out and they say, I'm ready to actually heal those attachment wounds. This is actually impacting my life. I'm not able to have healthy relationships. I'm not able to actually feel safe in my body. I can't look in a mirror and say, I love you. I actually hate the person that I see. And my body is now falling apart and I don't know, I've been pleasing other people. I don't set boundaries. I've just lost sight of who I am. I've been living my life trying to get approval and pleasing others that I don't even know who the hell I am. This is one of the major complaints that happen. And then another one is that I keep getting into the same patterns in these relationships. Same person, different haircut. Or you're married, you're in limbo, and you're having the same argument again and again. These are the signs and symptoms that you're acting unconsciously from a wound. Go back and watch all the other content in this. There is probably 100 hours of content that will wake you up to yourself in this page. I want you to uh, definitely write, uh, right click the notifications, get notification every time I'm doing a training. Uh, I've tried earlier uh, to do it at the same time, but I just got bombarded with clients. Now I'm working with clients. We're working with clients uh, quite a bit. So I try to come in here and do free content as often as I can. In the last two weeks, I haven't been able to uh, because I've been taking a pause and nurturing my secure attached relationship at home. Uh, if you just met me for the first time and don't really know my story, uh, about a year after delving into this deeper work with my inner child and breath work and the somatic experience of healing my nervous system, I was able to have a healthy 
first thing that I've ever had, first time in my entire life I was able to have a healthy relationship that was based on mutuality, not based on a codependency. And that, at the end of the day, is the holy grail of this work. The holy grail of this work is when you get this right, you're able to create a relationship with somebody who's on the same level of healing and you'll be able to use the relationship as a space to heal and evolve and grow together rather than this thing that drains you, this thing that you show up needy and clingy, constantly fearing abandonment, constantly worried, what is this person thinking? Or you're the avoidant type when, you're, when you get close, you're like, get the fuck away from me. You desperately want a, a connection and you were so wanting that, but as soon as you get into this relationship, it just becomes overwhelming and they become too clingy. You don't know how to manage your emotions and you're like, ah, that's why I call it becoming trigger proof. Trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. I get triggered all the time. I was triggered as fuck earlier when that gentleman was coming down hard on my team member. And I jumped to her defense like that. And I'm not saying I'm never triggered. I'm just saying I won't let that ruin my entire morning. I won't let that ruin my entire day. Get healthy, yes. The holy, your holy grail is to get healthy. Candace, I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm glad this is resonating. Um, yeah, if you are ready and you want our help and our support, get support. Here's the thing, I have a training that I have, I'm gonna send it to you. Anybody who says, I want the training, write down, I want the training. I'm gonna give you a free trigger-proof training, it's 90 minutes long, that teaches you the steps that you go through, that I take my clients through. And here's the thing, I would love if you felt inspired to come and work with us and have us support you along the way. You don't have to do that. I know that I'm not everyone's cup of tea, nor am I trying to be. The people who do come in know why they're there. They trust why I am, you know, sometimes a bit of a dick, sometimes a bit of an asshole. I can be. I've gotten a lot better than I used to be. Trust me, I was way worse. Um, but uh, you don't have to do it with us but you have to do those specific things, okay? Hey, Sheila, you don't have to do it with us, but you must do that. You can't leave anything out. Psychotherapy is incomplete. You can do somatic work, which is great, but that on its own is incomplete. So basically what I've done is I put together a pro process in a program called the Overview Method and the Overview Experience, which we're coming up in August. Write these dates down, August 16th and August 30th so that you can jump in and actually experience it. Just kind of like get your feet wet a little bit if, you don't, if you're not fully, uh, you know, all in just yet. But if you're ready and you're all in, send me a message, tell me your story, tell me that you, you know, what you're prepared to do. Don't, you can tell me your story if it is for the intention of actually healing it, not just for the sake of emotionally dumping and not doing anything about it. <laughs> Megan says, LOL, yep, but you're the best kind of asshole. Megan, could you share uh, Could you share your experience? I want to share Megan. She just did a little post in this group. Check it out. It was beautiful. Just did it this morning. But Megan, I've known for a very long time. She came into our first overview experience, and she was in the hot seat. And she's a nurse, an amazing human being, one of those like soul sisters that you like love being around because she's just so amazing. <clears throat> she just was living with a lot of shame and past trauma and started the process and she was married to it at, at that time uh, but there was an incongruency in the marriage that she couldn't see everybody else in her life could but she couldn't they've tried to share with her but there was no you know that you know when everybody sees it but you can't or you've seen that in another person this was Megan and through the overview experience process, through the program, she was able to finally untangle from that old relationship that she was emotionally addicted to. She was basically emotionally addicted to rescuing. She was the rescuer in that relationship. And she was like, and here's the problem. He was basically bankrupting her. He was emotionally, everything was just, and she, it, she was, it was just being taken down right it was just she was being taken down by it and exhausting her financially it was just she, and she couldn't see it 
she realized that she was playing the hero and the rescuer of that relationship because of an unconscious wound that she didn't feel deserving of love without rescuing someone. And so this was like a big where she's like, oh my God. And it was rough. It wasn't easy, Megan, was it? It was an easy process. But soon as she became aware of that, she was able to then restore integrity in her life. And now this morning just so happens to write a beautiful little post today from her revelations from journaling by the lake uh, this beautiful summer day next to a really great guy, it seems. You know, I don't know the details. I haven't seen you in a long time, but it really warms my heart to see clients we've been working with for a while dealing with stuff like they've been diagnosed, they've been told that they're helpless, they've been told that they have to be on medication all their life, that they're sick, and they realize they're not. The reason why they come to this type of work is because what I'm here to tell you is that you're not sick and you're not broken. You're not. Your body is actually protecting you. There are beautiful protective mechanisms. <laughs> but time to rescue myself and be my own hero. Megan, you almost didn't do it because of worried about finances. Your ego almost stopped you. How many times, how scared were you before you actually did it? You're just, you're a classic example of what's possible when you cross the bridge of fear and go move into your vision and dreams. And if it wasn't for those, overcoming those fears, financial fears, shame, whatever, that you had stories that were stopping you. It wasn't a picnic, you know, trying to convince you to, to, to prioritize yourself. That wasn't easy for, for us, but we stood for you and it's great to see the changes. It's amazing. That's why I do what I do now. I left full-time chiropractic because I knew I wanted to go deeper. And so um, basically this is, you know, that moment where you decide all right, do I want to keep going unconscious, acting from a wound, these emotional addictions and cycles again and again, or am I ready to heal? Pay attention to these trainings. I'm going to try to show up each and every day giving you something new. Ask a question. Give me a question. Write it in the, in the group. Ask a question, and I'll do a video for you. If, you. if you have questions, you want to message me privately, my inbox gets flooded, so I, that gets a little overwhelming. So I, I'm saying, all right, if you want me to answer your question, ask it in the group, I'll do a video for you because that way I get to share the answer with other people because you're likely not the only one struggling. What's very personal to you is quite universal to all of us. Believe me, this is one of the things you get to learn when you start doing this work and you're part of a community of people because you're not going to heal without community. Healing can only happen Transformation and healing happens through relationship over time and it happens in community. So this is not a therapist's job. It's not a doctor. It's not a coach or a guru. I used to take it, take it on. I love to be the hero. And then I fucking got woken up to the fact that when I was the hero, then I had to be the villain. I was like, I don't want to be your hero or your villain. I'm your guide on the side. You are the hero of your journey. And it helps to have a community and guides along that walking that path with you and i'm grateful to create this community to have people uh, that are engaged in the conversation the conversation itself you'll notice is medicine just being engaged in the conversation is medicine victoria i haven't even worked with you victoria vandersteen right here triggerless but trigger proof great victoria i just met one time on a call she didn't elect to she you know didn't wasn't able to do anything with us at the time because of whatever situation that she was going through. I just got a beautiful message from Victoria that just by following along, she was able to see some huge transformations. Imagine what would happen if you had a guide. Imagine what you could accomplish in your life if you had a guide walking that path with you. So uh, let me know if anything resonated. Uh, I'd love to... Uh, Healing happens, community, and this is one of the best. Love you. Big love to you. And uh, follow up with any questions. Write down, I want the training. Send me a DM and let me know what, what you're dealing with if you're actually ready to have us walk the path. You want our support. You want an asshole like me kind of shining a light going, I see you. I know this is hard, but 
That's where you're going to be in the next few months if you just continue, stop checking out and start feeling your emotions and start healing that wounded child within us, within you, within us, within me that we carry around with us. And um, welcome to the conversation. If you're new here, introduce yourself, ask me a question. And I promise this month, August, I'm going to bring more trainings. We're going to talk about signs that you're unconsciously acting from a wound because this whole thing is about going from unconscious to conscious. Life, behavior, health can change if you're willing to take on the role of the hero rather than a victim to an illness that you're needing a hero outside of you. So that's the drama triangle. Victim, perpetrator, hero. If you're the victim to a perpetrator of an illness, guess what? You're going to need a hero outside of you. However, if you're willing to get a little triggered and hear an asshole like me tell you that you possibly can be the perpetrator to yourself based on these unresolved wounds and the stories you tell yourself about how shameful you are, how what a piece of shit you are, how unworthy you are, you're perpetrating yourself. That's draining you, chronically fatiguing you, and you are the victim. You are the perpetrator, and guess what? When you see yourself as the perpetrator and the victim, guess who gets to become the hero? You, not me, not a doctor, not a pill, not a potion, not a program, you. And it's wise, instead of looking for heroes and saviors to save you, people message me, oh my God, I love you, you're going to save me. No, I'm not. You're going to save you. Stop looking for a hero outside of you. This work is all about you becoming the hero. See you at the next perfect time.